You're listening to the Burst Ball Podcast. Burst Ball, talking up the Scottish game. Hello, you are listening to the Burst Boss Scottish Football Podcast with me, your host, Hamish Carton. Thank you very much for taking the time to download this podcast and we hope that you enjoy it. On today's episode, we'll be looking ahead to the eight William Hill Scottish Cup fifth round matches on offer this weekend, previewing each and every one of them individually and looking ahead and seeing who we think will be in the quarter-final draw. We've also then got one Premiership and one Championship match respectively this weekend as well as a full fixture card in League 1 and four matches in League 2. Joining me in the studio to help me do all this and look ahead to all these brilliant matches on offer this weekend we have Mr Kilmarnock himself, Mr Callum Scott. Thanks very much for having me Hamish. Not a problem, Mr Aberdeen, Matt Finlay. Afternoon Hamish. Mr Rangers, Callum Fisher. Hi Hamish, how are you? Very well, thank you. And... Uh, Connor Park. <laughs> Afternoon. Thanks for having me. How you doing? Thanks, Connor, for that uh, that brief introduction. Right, guys, where are we starting? Uh, we'll start with Falkirk Scottish Cup game. <laughs> A oh, cheap he's, dig. He's got it, isn't he? A cheap dig. No, we'll start with the game that Falkirk could have been playing in. Dumbarton against Dundee tomorrow. It is a match that Dundee will be big favourites for, there's no doubt in that. Dumbarton have picked up a wee bit in recent weeks, got a good victory over Livingston at the weekend there. However, as I say, Dundee are the favourites for that one. Callum Scott, is there anything that's going to stop Dundee from winning that game tomorrow? Um, on paper, no. Uh, I believe that Dundee will probably win quite comfortably, but we've been the fifth round of the Scottish Cup and you know, away from home. Is, am I right in saying is that away from home? Yes, yeah. it is away from home. Um, you you never know, you never know, but I think that you know Hartley would have had the team very prepared f- for it because I mean, let's not be around the bush. I mean, their league uh, season hasn't really got the way they would have hoped. They would have hoped to have kind of you know cemented kind of top section or been like kind of favourites for it, but they could end up anywhere. So I think a cup run is quite important for Dundee, and um, it's a good opportunity for them. Obviously, I waited on Barton, so you know hopefully put their place in the quarterfinals. Yeah, Dundee with just one defeat in the last five matches, Matt. It came against your very own Aberdeen side at Pataudry. They have beaten Falkirk in the last round. Partick Thistle away from home scoring four goals in the league. And also Dundee United at home in the derby, of course, at New Year's time. Do you expect them to, to win convincingly tomorrow? Um, yeah, on paper, as we said, I mean, they, they should be they should be really be wiping the floor. Um, they're the kind of team that, like, you, you see now more and more with the Premiership sides that they they don't really take the championship teams lightly. I think that they'll actually play like kind of full strength teams, which is I think is healthy because it means that they're actually treating the the competition with a bit of respect it deserves because it's the only competition that Dundee will win. Oh, sorry, could could win. So um, you never know. So it's one of those ties that has got um, giant killer all over. It, I think I mean Dumbarton really are a minnow in Scottish football, even if they are in the championship because of the fact that they're a, a part time team. So. It'd be, it'd be quite good to see Dumbarton beat them, but I, I'm still expecting Dundee to comfortably dispense of them. Yeah, Connor, you might be able to help me out here. I'm pretty sure it was it Dumbarton at Dundee beat back in 2014 to help them win the championship and gain promotion to the top flight. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, yeah, you are. It was last day of the season up at Dens. Um, I think 
specifically last weekend's matches or that match, sorry. Um, the, the, you look at a lot of teams that played Dundee this year, and maybe we talk about Dundee's <coughs> attack, and they maybe had some that can combat that. I'm not convinced that Dumbarton do, and I think for Dundee not to progress, they're going to be, have to be the architects of their own downfall in many ways. Um, maybe giving away cheap goals, which they are actually known to do. Um, so Dumbarton need to be ready to capitalise on any sort of even half chance they get. Um, up front now, they've got a player in Christian Nadi that could maybe do a bit of damage. Uh, he was a former Dundee player, and yeah, he's not the Premiership kind of stand anymore. But for a team like Dumbarton, if he can kind of just feed off the scraps that they can give him, then who knows? But for me, it's looking like a comfortable Dundee victory. Dumbarton with uh, two home wins in a row. Callum, the last two matches since that 6 0 defeat at home to your side, Rangers have beaten Queen's Park in the last round of the Cup. And then that Livingston victory that we talked about the weekend, is there any chance of them making it three on the bounce at home? I don't think so. I'd, I'd pretty much just echo what uh, Calum and, and Matt were saying. I think it should be fairly comfortable for Dundee. Um, you know, There's always room for, for shocks um, at this stage, um, but for, for me, I think Dundee, with as, as Kelly Cal was saying, with sort of their league campaign not going maybe to quite as the plan or to how people had anticipated, they'll be they'll be desperate, and I think they'll see that they've probably got a good chance to go as you know pretty far in this competition with the team that they've got. So, um, I, I think Dundee will do the business quite convincingly. Predictions from each of you then. I'll start with you, Connor. Banana skin or a comfortable one? Um, three one Dundee for me. I think maybe I'll be mistaken there, but in the end, it'll be comfortable. Um, I'll go. Four 0 Dundee. I'll go three 0 Dundee. I'll go three one as well. I agree with Connor there. I'll maybe see Dumbarton getting a goal, you know, and maybe putting them under a wee bit of pressure. But as Connor says, in the end, Dundee winning pretty comfortably. Yeah, I'll go for one 0 Dundee. I don't think there'll be many goals in it, but I think Dundee will come out the top in the end. Pretty comf- well comfortable as a one 0 win can be. I think it was one of those one 0 games where they're never really in doubt. Of course, they're always in doubt if there's only one goal between them, but I think they'll be. I think they'll be well on top tomorrow and I think they'll be in the next round of the Scottish Cup. Next game we've got the, the giant killers from the last round and an athletic. They of course thumped Hamilton 4-1 uh, in the last round. As we say, they're against Morton who themselves put out Livingston away from home. This game is one we spoke about a wee while ago as possibly being a bit of a come down for both games because for both teams, sorry, because Morton are going to Annan. Probably not the most glamorous place to go Annan in any stretch of the imagination. Annan themselves... You could argue Morton are a bigger club than Hamilton, but they're probably not as big of a, a draw. They probably won't get as big a crowd tomorrow at Annan, and uh, it's maybe it might be one of those ones where they just go out quite comfortably after beating a big team. There's a bit of that come down effect when they're going against Morton. How do you see that one going, Cal? Yeah, I agree with you there, Hamish. Um, I think, as you say, it's not really got the. Obviously, it's a winnable tie for Annan. Like, I'm not saying they'll do it, but it's not like, you know, when I remember obviously saying that I predicted Hamilton to beat Annan quite comfortably and that totally didn't go to plan. i never seen that happening there, but Annan fans will look to the Hamilton game and say, well, there's no reason we can't beat Morton, but I just can't see it happening that way. I don't think they're going to, you know, get themselves up for it, you know, as you say, they kind of come down from it, you know, it's it's not like it's, or the, or everybody will be watching this game, you know what I mean? Um, we need to get out there and impress, get a game plan. That's me not suggesting that our manager's not got to be ready for the game, but I mean, it's not as big a draw to get fans in to see them play Morton, eh, play against Morton, draw a crowd, and I, t- I just don't know. I fancy Morton to win really well, comfortably. You know, two 0 three 0 a bit to spare, but I predicted Aaron to get out in the last round, and 
they proved me so very wrong, so you never know. I'd go along with that. I think I, I said on the pod when we were talking about the draw, you know, after such a convincing result against Hamilton, you would see Morton as maybe a, an easier game for them, but, but quite often in these kind of ties, yeah. you know, the, the better team, if you like, and Morton does do the business in the sort of fairy tale um, or, or whatever for, for Annan, you know, could be over. Um, I think that'll be the case. Morton are having a good season. Um, and again, very much like I just said with Dundee, they'll see this as a good chance to get deeper into the, into the competition. Once you get deeper into the competition, as you will do getting past this round, you know, anything can really happen for you. Um we saw with Falkirk obviously last season getting to the final. So um I I expect Morton to, to do the business quite comfortably um against Annan. But it should it, it's an interesting game for sure. Annan's form hasn't been great since that victory over Hamilton. They were thumped four two at home to East Fife a couple of weeks ago. I think they might even have been four 0 down in that game if I'm right in yeah, saying so. Yeah. Uh, they then lost to Arbroath the following week. And they did win at the weekend though against Elgin, much to Ross Clark's frustrations. Uh, so fair play to them there. They've also signed former St Mirren striker Lewis Guy. Uh, I think that was on deadline day, and he could make his debut against Morton on Saturday. Do you see a perfect debut for him there, Connor, against the the rivals of his former club? Well, I mean, I can't comment too much about him personally as a player, but I think I fancy recording an upset on Saturday. I think that you know. Talk about maybe not be able to draw as big a crowd, but I think the fact alone that they managed to beat Hamilton will sustain that, and you know, got a chance to win the quarterfinals of the cup against, you know, probably as much as it can be a tough game. If they had to pick a team to play, I would think Morton would have been on one of those lists because it's not the Premiership team and it's at home, which was a, which is a massive advantage. Um, I think you get a story every year where a team kind of goes on. On these runs, I think you know Annan could do that this year. You've got the kind of fairy tale of, of the junior teams that are there, but I don't expect them to progress. I think Annan could be one that that go that wee bit further. Um, and for me, especially because of the fact that it's down there in the borders of Gallabank, they've, they've got a great chance. And Morton will not be fancying that at all. Yeah, Matt, Matt uh, Annan obviously have uh, Jordan Morton himself, who they signed from Airdrie uh, in the transfer market just there in the middle of January. They signed him on loan until the end of the season. Do you see a possible headline, Morton puts Morton out of the cup? That'll be a good one. Um, I mean, again, I'd love to see it. I'd love to, I like the idea of like a, a lower league team going far in the cup and, and like touching on, obviously, Dumbarton, but I just can't see it. I think Annan, they're a good team. They are they're hopefully trying to find a bit of form for themselves. You know, trying to get a promotion is obviously their, their key part. They need to still be able to catch Elgin and that, so that'll be a lot of focus on that. But I think that... Martin, Martin are they're a good team, and um, I think that if they can just kind of, it, it, it probably won't be the most entertaining game. I think we can probably establish that, but um, I'd still, I'm still comfortably back in Martin. Final prediction, ten guys, starting with yourself, Matt. Uh, I'll say two 0 Martin. Two 0 Martin. Kilikal. Two 0 Martin. Three one Martin. Two one Annan. Two one. I'm going two one Annan as well. I think Annan will put Martin out tomorrow. There you have it. And I think, uh, I think, yeah, I think Annan will be in the the quarterfinals. And you never know with some of the teams that are in there, a wee favourable draw, Connor. And you could see good old Annan at Hamden. That's it, precisely. I mean, the Scottish Cup nowadays is you need to perform well, but as much of it as the luck of the draw. I mean, I look um, 
I don't know, I don't, I don't like to do this very often, you'll, you'll be aware of that, but if I draw comparisons to my own team on this rare occasion, that, you know, last year we had favourable draws in a couple of cups, we, had, we didn't play our Premiership team and got to this, until we got to the Scottish Cup final, whereas this year we've already played three Premiership teams within two competitions, and they've both been teams that were on form in Dundee and Ross County, of course we've mm-hmm. Thistle, so... When it gets to these kind of latter stages, as much of it is about having good players and good performances, if we've got a team that will fight and will battle uh, and get a wee bit of luck with the draw, um, and I do see that with Annan um, getting Morton here, you know, it's it's not by, by far the stretch of imagination one of the tougher teams they could have got, um, despite Morton being a good side. So, you know, I just think it's all kind of looking quite favourably on Annan just now. And once in that quarterfinals, as you say, who knows? I actually think just talking about that kind of luck of the draw and things like that, I, I feel the same about Morton. Um, I think they're a good enough team, um, you know, that if they, as I say, I expect them to get past Annan. Um, and certainly when they've when they've they've played as a draw comparison to my team Rangers, you know, they've caused us problems. And I think there is potential there, as Connor says, pretty much everything that he's just sort of said with Annan. In terms of Morton, if they can get a favourable draw after this, if they do put Annan out. Um, you know, that that is good for them. But I think f- for a team like Morton as well, if they do get past Anne and, and they are, you know, at that stage of the cup, I don't think they'll feed anyone, which obviously will work in their favour as well. So it's it's interesting to I think it will be interesting to see the the, the progress of, of whoever does um, get through this tie. Yeah, Morton unfortunate to lose one 0 to Hibernian on Tuesday evening. Anthony Stokes with the winner for Hibs, his second goal there. On to two all-premiership clashes in the Scottish Cup now, starting with Dundee United and Partick Thistle at Tannadice. Dundee United's last game, amazingly, 5-1 over Kilmarnock. That seems ages ago, doesn't it? But it was their last game, obviously their game last week called, called off. off. Was that Partick they were meant to be playing last yeah, week? I think yeah, it was. Yeah, I, the, the last meeting between the sides was at Tannadice with Chris Doolan scoring the winner. That was before Christmas time when Partick Thistle won that game. That was right during... Dundee United's terrible form and if you look at their last three games Dundee United have actually won two of them if you include that Airdrionians tie in the last round so they're going into this game against Partick Thistle uh, Johnny and I were at for Hill on Tuesday evening to watch Partick uh, beat Motherwell in the Premiership a last minute goal from Chris Doolan not Chris Doolan sorry it was um, Stephen Lawless sorry at the back stick it was deflected into the the net Um, probably probably just a deserved victory in the end for Partick Thistle although a draw would probably have been a fair result as well if there was one team that was going to win it it would probably Partick Motherwell started the game well uh, but the likes of Marvin Johnson and Louis Moult just faded out of the game Stephen Pearson didn't have a great game either and he's been doing really well for them so that was a big win for Partick Thistle and, and moves them um, up the table and plunges Motherwell into a bit of trouble. But in terms of this game at the weekend, Connor at Tannadice, do you see Dundee United possibly using the the cup as a frustration? Maybe get their frustrations out of the way for their league form. Potentially, I mean the league has to come first and foremost, and that has to be their priority. But sometimes you know people talk about the cup being a distraction uh, for teams, and you know could. Dundee United going a cup run be a downfall in their season I actually think it could work the opposite um, and I think having a, a competition where there's there's not a lot of pressure on these young guys because that's a big part of the problem we all know Dundee United have got individually very capable players but it's not clicking um, this season and as the weeks goes on the pressure intensifies um, and they've started to make inroads to try and cut that gap at the bottom of the league but right now it's still a very favourable on the teams above them does the cup matter to teams like Dundee United? <coughs> it, it should do. It, it should Does do. it though? 
But it, sh- it should do. But so right now, like, though, it isn't a priority. The priority has to be the league. And, yeah. and I think yeah, but it's one game at a time, so I think, yeah. at the Cup. It's just like, okay, it's one game, then you just move on to the next league game, you know, and then you revisit the Cup in a month's time. I don't think um, Mixu Patlina will pre- pre- sorry, prepare for this game any differently to any other. I think it will be treated the exact same way. Um, because of nothing else, I suppose, with the, the, the team that they're playing, if they could get a result here, and it, it does show them within the results of the past couple of weeks that they are capable of beating the teams that are directly above them. Um, and that will give much confidence in the league. So I think all round, a week up and a bit of confidence, and even if nothing else, when you're in the quarterfinals of the Cup, suddenly fans will believe. Um, there's not a lot of belief in this team, but when you're in the quarterfinals, they're desperate to go to Hamden. So the one game away from that, uh, and it could give a massive, massive lift to the club and one that's probably greatly needed. I think, as well, just sort of following on from that, it keeps the fans going if they do get through. You know, they see, OK, we're in a relegation fight, but they have that extra lure of the cup to, to keep them going, to keep them positive. You know, if they were to go out here to, to a Partick Thistle side who, you know, are, they're ne- near them, I suppose, in the table, then, you know, suddenly the the... The self-belief again takes a hit and there's nothing really positive for them to look forward to. Um, so I think it's a, it's a big result for Dundee United just as a club to keep everybody going, to build on the momentum. Obviously after the Kilmarnock game, probably the worst thing that could have happened for Dundee United was the, the, the next week that game being called off. But, you know, it's, it's a huge game, I think, for Dundee United. I think it's probably, it's, to be honest, so far I think it's their biggest game of the season just because I think a cup run can really keep morale high and it would build then on a, a, a good win against Kilmarnock another sort of relegation rival so I think it's an absolutely huge game for Dundee United Partick Thistle in this round courtesy of a 2-1 win at the Paisley 2021 Stadium all the way back on Friday the 8th of January Callum do you see their, their journey in this cup continuing on from Saturday? Um, <clears throat> well you know if it was if it was any other team you know Dundee United have been so surreal this season in terms of I mean if you look at league league placings obviously I know that totally goes out the window in the cup but you'd fancy party this so going to the bottom of the league team and beating them in the cup you know that's, that's how it works but um, I, I just don't know I know I mean Thistle they're a team that I try to give as much credit to as possible like I say I always keep saying I really like their style of play I like Alan Archibald and they went through a great run this season they've kind of had a wee bit of a sticky patch not not as much though as you would expect in terms of when you compare them to the likes of ourselves and Hamilton but I mean everything just totally goes out the window in the cup and it is it's just a it's a lottery you know I mean you don't even need to be the best team in the day to win it you know you can just get the luck of the cup as they say and I think this will it'd be good for them to get a wee cup run I mean for what I remember I mean they've not really had much obviously they've not had cup success but I mean they've even got to like a quarter final or that even in like the last five or six years I can't remember that but um Interesting point that Callum said that I agree with him. Um, I think the games actually came at the wrong time. I think the momentum for the Kilmarnock game might have deserted Dundee United in terms of they would have wanted games as fast as possible. As as we even said ourselves, it seems like ages ago they played Kilmarnock and it was their only their last game, which um, might not go f- well for them considering like, the momentum they would have get gained from that to get into the next game. But I don't know. I, I would actually fancy United to win, but it really could be empty. I mean, I, I can't even put my neck. If I was to put my neck out, it would be United, but I just can't really 
play something against each other. I'll ask the Ressie for prediction in a wee minute, but first, who does Chris Erskine want to win tomorrow? Like, <laughs> 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 do, do you understand? Like, I do understand, yeah. <laughs> just that's just quite funny. His club at the end of the season, of course, will be Partick Thistle when and he joins him in June. Does he want his, his current side to go on a cup run, or does he want next season's well, team to go on the cup? I think his current side... Yeah, but yeah. considering he's already played for Partick Thistle, does he want? Does he hold an affection for Partick Thistle? No, he probably just wants to win a cup. No, I mean he holds an affection, but every player, as far as I would be aware, wants to win every game they're in, and with that comes winning, winning cups. And you know, Partick Thistle won't be in his thoughts. And now his thoughts just now will be keeping Dundee United in the league, um, and getting Partick Thistle to. to as far in the cup as they can I think the, the more interesting point would be see come the end of the season if there's a crunch match between Paradis and Dundee United and it's more or less whoever wins it stays up you're thinking well he wins this match here for Dundee United and they stay up he's playing but he knows he's going to a championship year. club next season that would be different I think but um, for the cup I think it's everyone's battle and he'll just be desperate to win of course, rumours as well, near the end of the January transfer window, that Dundee United are going to make an approach to sign Partick Thistle's Stephen Lawless, and I think that was actually proven they did, they were interested in him anyway, so that adds another spice to the game. Matt, prediction for tomorrow? I think it'll be quite a tight game, but I think Dundee United will uh, come through at 1-0. I think Dundee United will 1-2-0. I think whoever scores first will win. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> but I think, and I think it'll be United, and I think United will win. Um. Oh, Dundee United 3-0 You had to think about that there I, 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 I didn't know if, I was, if, it, if it was logical what I was saying But I, I thought about it I thought uh, I'm going to go for that Yep. Another all-premiership clash tomorrow Sees Motherwell at home to Inverness Cali Thistle Motherwell as we pointed out Coming off the back of that defeat at Firhill They've actually without a win in their last four games Their last win was in the Cup Against Cove Rangers back at the start of January Inverness themselves Their last win was against Stirling Albion And that was also in the Scottish Cup On the 19th The last meeting between the sides at Fir Park Was 1-3-1 by Inverness Ian Vigers, I don't know if you remember Scoring that terrific volley near the end Against his former club And celebrating like mad Will he be doing the same tomorrow, Callum? It's the kind of Kelly St Johnson tie In the next round, you know It's kind of bog standards You know, Premiership match It's not really much to get excited about I would say (laughs) Not to talk it down too much But just doesn't really, and again, it's pretty similar to United um, Thistle. I just it will be an in- interesting game to an extent because obviously they know each other, and Inverness have actually got a really good record at Firth Park, which I was quite surprised about. But I really don't know. Obviously, Inverness been the cup holders, but um, get through an extra uh, replay against Stirling Albion. Um, don't know. I, I actually really don't know how to call that one at all. Um, I think Cali will win it quite. Comfortably, to be quite honest. What leads you to that opinion? I just feel. I mean, Motherwell are just too inconsistent for me. <laughs> yeah. I just, that's I just, what, that's you can never tell know. with Motherwell, and I think Inverness, being the holders, will be quite eager to get as far as they can, obviously. Um, so, I, for me, I think Inverness will win that. Connor Park, do you want to disagree with Callum Fisher? Please do. I do. Good. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think I fancy Motherwell. Um, I don't know what it is. I just I've got the feeling for them. I think maybe this year could be the 
the wee year that you they got another wee run. Um, but certainly, I fancy it would be Inverness. I think, obviously, we've, we've talked about inconsistency, but I just feel if, if they get themselves going, that they're, they're, they're actually a very good attacking team. Um, and and for that reason, I fancy them. I think uh, it will be no Scottish Cup this year for John Hughes and Inverness. Well, you would be surprised if they won it again, wouldn't you? Because they won it last year. Certainly would. Uh, but I mean, the remarkable achievement if we did it again. Um, <coughs> what were your thoughts on the the whole Greg Tansy staying at Inverness? I mean, we heard rumours that it was it was completely. Um, we were trying to guess who the manager was. We assume from Jim Spence's tweet that it was uh, Yogi that uh, threatened to leave if his player was sold to Aberdeen. Well, I mean, according to Inverness in a statement, Greg Tansy is more than happy to stay um, mm. with Inverness and, you know, everything was done properly and they were delighted that they wanted to stay and keep him. So it's hard to it's hard to tell. None of us are in a position that we actually know exactly what went on. To me, if a club meets a release clause, a release clause is there for a reason. Um, and if you're going to stand in a player's way of making a move, you have to be... 100% certain that it won't be detrimental in the long term. Now, they, they're at least managing to keep this a very good player till the end of the season. Um, but we we don't know what Greg Tandy's actual feelings are about that. He may well be very happy. To be honest, Aberdeen are a big club and are doing very, very well at the moment. I do think he's a player that maybe harbours hopes of going even further than Aberdeen. And maybe the thinking is, instead of having to establish himself on another team, he stays with him for the summer and maybe gets a move then possibly down south, possibly a bigger team. Um, because if he went to Aberdeen, he'd be setting himself up, he'd have to get himself in that team, which would be no mean feat, and he'd have to try and get the kind of spotlight back on him again. So it could work in a number of different ways. Um, I think only time will tell as to how it plays out. But it's a bold, bold move from Inverness to prevent their player from speaking to Aberdeen. If nothing else, if he was that certain about wanting to stay at Inverness and why not let him speak to Aberdeen and and do it properly and let him reject. I don't know. I think there's obviously an obvious answer as to why that is, but um, no, certainly time will tell. There's probably more to come in that one, but for the moment, Inverness have got their player, Aberdeen don't, and that's really the buck of it, and we'll, we'll see what happens at the end of the season. Do you expect to see him in the red of the Aberdeen, Matt, in the, the coming months? Um, depends if we win the league or not. I think it might look uh, somewhere a bit better, but no, I'm joking. Um, I think uh, I would do. I, I still think that if Aberdeen did, I mean, I, I watched out McInnes' press conference about it afterwards in the build-up to Celtic game, and he said that everything had gone through fine, the paperwork was fine. Inverness hadn't... Um, I think Inverness had rejected their call or something about it. I mean, he he said the words and I'd quite welcome an investigation into it. It was kind of brushed to the side, but obviously all the papers then went, oh, Derek McInnes uh, wants an investigation into why Greg Danzi's not Aberdeen. So time will tell, as Connor says, but I, I still think, I expect him to probably, if, if we're still struggling for midfielders, I mean, there's talk of Ryan Jack maybe leaving in the summer, um, uh, I would possibly expect him to, to come straight back in if Aberdeen can match that release clause of whatever it is then I'd, yeah I would say he'll be at Aberdeen soon enough I'll kick you off with a 2-0 Motherwell and I'm doubting myself the minute I said that but I'm going to go 2-0 Motherwell <laughs> Cal again uh, it's just with the cup it's totally changed everybody's opinions if we were the league here I think people would be more certain with both games United Thistle and 
um, Mother One for Ness, but I don't, anything I would obviously as a guess, but I mean. I've just got absolutely no substance to what I'm going to say. It's I'm a just tough one to go. call, eh? I'll, I'll, I'll go Motherwell as well. I'll just go Motherwell for a second. 1-0 Motherwell. Matthew? Um, I'm going to say 1-0 Inverness. Um, I'll go 2-1 Inverness. 2-0 Motherwell for me. So we're very split there. It is a real tough one to call that match, though. It's... It's not really. There's not many stats to back yourself up there. You said Inverness have got a good record at first part. They definitely do. They won there earlier on in the season. I was as I was saying three one. But again, it's just tough to to kind of gauge that one. Another one that is going to be tough to gauge any previous matches. I don't know if they've ever even played before. As Ross County and Linlithgow Rose, I'd be surprised <laughs> if they've ever played before. That game tomorrow up in Dingwall is uh, basically a culmination of Linlithgow Rose's fantastic cup run. It's seen them to Clackna Cudden to win 3-1. It's seen them travel to Wick about four times before that game eventually <laughs> played. They got a two-all draw there, then took them back uh, to Preston Field and won 5-1. They then hosted Forfar in a big glamorous cup tie against probably the, the out-of-form team in the, the country, Forfar. 3-1 down, down to 10 men. We were their corner. They brought it back. They got the draw. Incredible. <coughs> Unlucky not to win in the end. And then they go back... To Station Park and get a 1 0 win in extra time. A terrific achievement. Um, they're now going to play Ross County, a team you know well, Connor. It's a massive, massive game for them. It's, they could probably never have imagined playing Ross County this season, could they? No, it certainly wasn't in the, the blueprint at the start of the season. And, you know, they, they're just going to have to go up there and go as good as they get. I mean, no one expects them to get through. Doesn't mean they won't. Um, and, if they go in, they work hard, they fight for each other, which they will do. Um, th- there's no reason why why they can't with a bit of luck. And they need a, they basically it's, it's all kind of thing. They need to be at 110 percent. They need to, Ross County to be 70, 80 percent, not quite at it. Um, I was I heard an interview with the assistant manager. He says they've done a lot a lot of work on on Ross County. They've got pulled in favours from Robbie Nielsen, Gary Locke. And I've got a very big, uh, you know, dossier. <laughs> I've got a very big dossier on 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 Ross County and how they play. So, in terms of what he was saying, he says they can't be any better prepared. They know what Ross County like to do. I mean, I don't think anybody would be gutsy enough to to call this as a shock um, and say that Lothgar are going to win. But they'll believe. Um, they've got every right to believe and. If they go up there and, and as I say, they work hard and they get luck, they need a bit of luck out of it, then who knows? Certainly, if they can get it to replay, uh, I wouldn't fancy Ross County going down there. <laughs> I wouldn't either. But with up in that pitch up at, at Ross County, the, the travel they're going to have to do, of course, they did it against Wick and to the extent Forfar. Clashing a cutting as well. It's, exactly, but it's a, it's a different ball game when play a Premiership <laughs> team. I hope they do it, I really do. Um, and it's one of these ones where I think there'll be a lot of people listening in to the radio or, or watching the score come in with interest. I think they'll have a lot of neutral fans tomorrow anyway, Linlithgow Rose, Ross County of course were the, the team that all the neutrals were supporting last week as they dumped Celtic out of the League Cup into the final, however tomorrow's game Linlithgow Rose will be the big favourites with the, the fans anyway but not with the bookies, Ross County massive odds on for that game. I just think, I mean I've seen Linlithgow Rose a few times this season, I wasn't surprised when they put out for for I really wasn't surprised. I just think, I think there'll be too big a golfing class tomorrow. I think if, if Ross County want to win, they will win. They've got too many good players. Ross County, I mean, they could probably 
rest a couple of the big boys and still win comfortably. But I just, I, I don't think, I mean, you look at the last round, Motherwell, Cove Rangers is probably the most similar tie to this one, finished 6-0. I don't see it being that much of a scoreline. I think I think at most it'll be 3. I, I don't think the Lithgow Rose will fold like Cove Rangers did early on. It would be the kind of typical moment of Ross County going and beating the champions last week to get into League Cup final and the week after getting knocked out of the Scottish Cup by a junior team. I mean, that, that the, is... The story's there if you want the, it. The story is there. Um, I totally agree with Amish. I don't see it being uh, that kind of margin of scoreline when you compare Motherwell and Cove. Um, you know, I think you're right. It, there'll be a team that people want to win. Um, I know begging them on and certainly... It would be an amazing story. You know, talk about Albion Rovers last a couple of years ago. Sorry, and that was team running behind. I mean, you think about how remarkable that was. This is a junior team, um, albeit some talented individuals, but a junior team nonetheless. Uh, that would just be absolutely incredible. And if they do it, it's going to be some 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 feat. And I don't think it would be repeated in a long, long time. Certainly, predictions from each of you. Do the Rose have a chance? Well, <coughs> oh, I can really. Say there is. I'm going to echo what Connor said and said that when Lithgow Rose need everybody to be at the top of their game. You know what I mean? They can't have any passengers. You know they need everybody to play at their peak, and they need, they just need luck. I mean, and as you said yourself, if Ross County want to win the game, you know if their players turn up, then it's really you can't see past them. But if everybody's pulling in the same direction, everybody's throwing bodies in front of balls, which they will be doing, as Connor pointed out himself. But I just I just can't see past county. But I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I hope I'm wrong. Do you think having players like Graham Weir that have played for Hearts like decade plus ago and bigger like played in Europe, played in Switzerland, places like that for Hearts? Do you think players like that could really help Rose tomorrow and maybe get they're quite a young team, get the youngsters uh, up for the game and not over overawed by the game, Matt? No, they would do. They definitely would have that kind of changing room psychological effect on the team. But um, I just can't. I can't see it. I mean. As much as we'd love to see Linlithgow, I mean, I've I've personally not seen them. I know how much you've seen them a few times this season. Um, I just think that it's not even going to be the occasional get to them. I still think they'll probably go out, give it their mm. absolute all, and they will. I mean, it's not even the biggest pitch in the world, so that it's not something that's going to like yeah. be frightening. And let's be honest, <coughs> Dingwall's not the most sorry. Well, um, was it Victoria Park or whatever it used to be called? Um, uh, it's not the most daunting place in the country. It's it's not. It's a tiny little stadium, really. So. Um, that the occasion won't get to them. I still think they'll be they'll be fire, very much up for it. But end of the day, I think the the Ross County side will just be ultimately too good. And I think I'm going to go for about four or five nil. Is it perhaps a wee bit of a disappointing draw for them, Callum? In the end, I know they're going to a Premiership team in the top six. But in terms of what Matt's talking about, the occasion, maybe they'd prefer. Of course, they'd prefer going to Ibrooks or Celtic Park or Hearts or somewhere like that. But is it perhaps the fact that it's such a long trip and they might not have too many fans up there? I, I suppose. They'll, They'll take a decent support, but maybe not as many if it was a central belt game. Yeah, to an extent, I think you still realise though Ross County have been one of the best teams in the top flight. You would say this year, um, and I think just the opportunity to to, to showcase themselves and, and test themselves against you know one one of the top six teams in the country um, will be something that they'll relish. Um, obviously, every player kind of wants to play at Ibrox or, or Parkhead or whatever, but. Um, no, I think, I think actually, it's interesting because you you seem to get two mindsets from teams like that in cups. Either they want the big occasion, 
or they want the draw that gives them the most chance of progressing. And I think if they wanted a draw that gives them a chance of progressing, you know, this isn't the most difficult they could have had. So I think they'll go up, they'll relish it, but I'm very much in the same camp as just about everyone else, you know. They'll give their best, but I think Ross County will be will be far too good for them. Give us a number. Three one. Three one. Connor. I have to slightly disagree with, with Callum in a sense that but I think no matter what, they either want the team they're going to beat at home or a, a winnable match at home or they want a very, very tough match. This is a very, very tough match, but it just it doesn't compare in many ways, I think, because essentially they're, they're playing a, a very good team, but they're still only going to be played. <laughs> this is actually a point that's come to me there. Could it be they're really only going to be playing a couple of hundred more than what they were that day uh, when they played four for at their own How stadium. many was it that game? There was about 2,200. I don't, I don't know if you'll get that tomorrow. I mean, how, how many were at the game you were at with Falkirk? It was, it was a low attendance. And right. the game against Infermer in the Cup, I know it was a midweek night, that was low as well. So I actually wouldn't be massively surprised if it's a lower this crowd. This is what I'm saying. It's, it's a premiership team, but it's, it's imbalanced. It's totally, yeah. totally imbalanced. And it's a bit kind of... The word that comes to mind, this is not in a disrespectful way to Ross County, but it's a bit kind of meh. <laughs> like, just kind of... Uh, you know what I mean? It's no... It's, it's, there's nothing... It's They know it's so so tough for them to get through, but it's not even like there's going to be an atmosphere to, for them to revel in and or they've not got, got that luxury of taking them to their own place. So it'll be interesting, but... I would love, absolutely love to see them do it. Um, go on, go on. Go on. Who's going to do it? 2-1. 2? Two? And Lithgow. <gasps> <laughs> he did it. Uh, I'm going to go 2-0 Ross County. But I think I think Lithgow Rose put in a terrific fight. They're a good team. They really are a good team. And you don't really understand that until you, you properly see them playing against a team like Forfar, a League One team as bad as they are for for. They played better football than four for that day. They moved the ball well. They're not a, your traditional junior team, lump it longer up to the big man. They will pass the ball. They've got two boys in the midfield. Uh, player Andy Shearer, I really rate. Like, he just doesn't give the ball away. Like You watch him all game. He, I don't think even he, with the likes of Jackson Irvin around him tomorrow, will give the ball away because he, he's just such a calming influence. And with a player like Graham Weir in the right wing, uh, striker Tommy Coyne as well scores goals. He'll be a nuisance tomorrow. Uh, I think that. I th- I th- well, I think Ross County will win, but I don't think it'll be as easy as as some people think. I don't think it'll be six or seven, like some people are perhaps thinking. Uh, so that's tomorrow. Those are the five non-televised games we've touched on there. Time to talk about the three, probably the three biggest ties, or well, certainly the three biggest ties of the TV company's opinion. Starting at Ibrooks tomorrow, four of us will be there tomorrow at Ibrooks. Looking forward to it. Rangers against Kilmarnock, half twelve kickoff live on Sky. Okay. Sky, Ian Crocker will be there at Ibrox, joined by Neil, Neil McCann, McCann, possibly. We'll come on to Neil McCann in a wee minute, oh, though. No. <laughs> Later on in the podcast, some great part from Neil McCann. Rangers are going into this game on the back of a 1-0 win against Wraith Rovers on Tuesday night. Andy Halliday scoring and then failing to celebrate. Well, uh, he did celebrate, yeah. but in a, in a way that I'm sure that... Uh, Dignified that, yes, manner. I'm sure the referees loved that celebration, so... Yep. Hamilton, eh, sorry, Kelly going in off the back of a defeat to Hamilton last weekend. Saw Gary Locke parting company with the Ayrshire Club. They're going in with Lee McCulloch in charge. Callum, that's got to be a recipe for disaster, surely, or is it? <laughs> um, I actually take the, the opposite point of view of that. I think um, Big Jig will have something to prove. Um, you know, with the kind of comments for Dave King and 
some Rangers fans when they left the club after the years of service that he gave them, uh, captained them for years That's as well. That's a whole different debate. I think. <laughs> no, I just didn't like try and get a bite out of you. But um, I'd, I'm very, very nervous. I'm really looking forward to it. My heart's even going just now thinking about <laughs> it. I think it'll be... I mean, we've got a good, relatively good support going up, which I'm happy with, and obviously you guys will be coming with me and my bus as well. So, um, But... I just think it's a week too too early for us. Um, I would have rather had the new manager in place, but don't get me wrong, if we bring in the new manager like next week and it's the right appointment that keeps us up, I'll take that. But I just think that we're, we're just not going to be prepared enough uh, for Rangers on Saturday, which um, that, I don't think we've got anything to fear going forward. I think we're a very good side going forward. I think we've got goals on our team, but... I just don't know about the defence and Rangers' as main exploits as they're attacking football, so we'll see. How do you see the game going tomorrow, Callum? How do you how do you price it in terms of favourites and underdogs? Um, I, I mean, me and Callum were having this conversation sort of before we, we came on. You know, it's it's a good test for us, um, considering I think the St Johnston game earlier in the season came out. I think we were a bit naive going into that game, and it came a bit too early for us um, but this will be a good test I think I don't think folks should be getting carried away I don't think we're going to you know, demolish Kilmarnock tomorrow um, but a good news as well apparently just kind of in the last hour or so apparently Jason Holt will be fit for tomorrow so that's good news for us um, I think we really missed him um, or we have missed him in the past two games but Kilmarnock will come in and Lee McCulloch for, for, for all you talk about his service to Rangers you know they'll be, Boyd will want to, to yeah. prove a point Stevie Smith will want to prove a point McCulloch will want to you know his first game as a manager albeit in the interim will want not to embarrass himself he'll want to, to do well um, and as, it's the same thing as I said for Dundee United you know a cup run keeps supporters going yeah. it keeps morale high around the club um, and for them to probably knock out the biggest team in the country you know in that <laughs> Uh, in the Scottish Cup, um, you know, would be would be fantastic for Kilmarnock as a club. Um, I'm confident that we'll do it. I think we need to raise our game a little bit from the past two games. We've not been ourselves um, creatively. We've we've been stifled a little bit. But um, I think I think we've we should do the business. Matthew, are you expecting to be witness to a massive Kelly shock? A Kelly shock that would even overshadow the previous round win at McDermott Park. Definitely, I think this is, I mean, it's kind of similar to the Dundee United situation uh, in, in terms of their cup tie and the fact that it could arguably be the biggest game of the season. Um, I think a team like Kilmarnock, they are in a dogfight, but I think they need to just um, prioritise the cup as well tomorrow. If they need, I mean, it's just as Calm touched on there, it's unfortunate that it's a week, it's maybe come a week too early where the, they don't have an actual management team in charge. Um, can never, I mean, I'm never. You never really see positive results out of a caretaker manager, and that is just because of the way that the team is. But however, they make they may come out fighting. I mean, it may they may show. But um, I'm still expecting a Rangers win. But I'm looking forward to my day out anyway, and I hope Callum gets the result that, um, that we're all hoping for on the bus back to Kelly. Thank you. <laughs> so dark because it'll be a laugh on the bus back. If uh, I can't, I can't imagine how bad it'll be if Kelly have gone down to a four or a five nil. It'll just be. <laughs> 
we'll be the only ones kind of positive. <laughs> I'll, I'll, well, I'll, I don't know about you, but I'll be I'll be probably staying in Glasgow after that one. Connor Park, you've seen uh, Rangers last week. You've also seen Kelly a few times this season. How do you eye that one up with the the obvious uh, the possibility of ex Rangers players uh, doing it for Kelly tomorrow against their old club? I think it'll be very tight. Um, you know, I think Kilmarnock need to go there and. They'll be, for me, the, the best way to play against Rangers is to. I'm not saying sit back and leave you know, ten men behind the ball, but definitely on the break because what you tend to find is, or certainly at the start of the season was, you know, you'd find both Wallace and Tavernier would go. They've changed that a wee bit recently, and what you tend to find is when one goes, one stays, um, and that's obviously to try and give a bit more protection. But if Kamara can maybe keep it tight. Going in the last kind of ten, fifteen minutes, I think to be forced to kind of go gung ho, um, and that's when there's opportunity to rise and to pick teams off. I think you talk about concerns over Lee McCulloch. I, I don't think there are too many, to be honest. Um, I think you know he's he's done the kind of coaching stuff a, le- a little bit, so I think he'll be fine in terms of setting up a team. What they'll miss, and we talk about the the candidates that have been spoke about this week. Say, our Billy Davis wasn't in charge at Ibrox. What he's got is the experience, the tactical kind of noose to go in there. And it's not so much for setting up a team, but it's for... See when it gets to 60 minutes and it's, right, make a decision, do we go? Uh, stick or twist. Kind stick of or twist. How do we set this up? I think that's where they lack that wee bit of experience on the touchline and that kind of influence that can calm things down, can settle it, or at the right stage can kind of hit. Um, and that's the kind of wee bit that concerns me for Kilmarnock. I think... Neither side will win comfortably. I think um, it will be tight. There will only be a goal in it or so. And to be honest, I'm struggling to pick. Um, I think the home advantage might just play because you've even seen recently Rangers are able to just kind of grind out that result. Um, so time will tell, but I think Rangers might just sneak it. It's alright to come in there. I think, um, I think the biggest decision for McCulloch... Um, in regards to team selection, will be interesting to see what you think. I know you haven't seen a lot of him, but it's whether he plays Boyd or not tomorrow, I think. As Callum touched upon, I, me personally, I would play him. I think he's got a point to prove, and we need experience on the park. It's a very, very young side, massively young side. Um, and who better to lead the team out? You know, We've got no leaders in that team, you know what I mean? There's, there's nobody there. If Boyd plays, Boyd's a big influence in the dressing room and who better than a guy that's well what is the Rangers second top goal scorer in recent years or something? He's, he's, well, he's our highest in like the like current yeah. like, like domestically, yeah. So I mean I would I would personally play Boyd. Um I would play him and McGinnis, but I just think that maybe leaves the midfield far too open for as Connor says, we need to sit back. But I think actually Boyd gives you as well. I know you don't play a striker to defend, but I mean uh, set pieces like he wins every header in the box so defensively he never rarely gets out jump you know what I mean he's good in that if Rangers decide to go long and you know pump balls into the box for corners and free kicks but I, j- I think that's a massive call for him tomorrow I would personally play Boyd but I just don't know it'd be interesting to see what any of you guys thought on that matter but I'd I think it's all too easy sometimes to go for the uh, he used to play for Rangers, stick him in there, he'll be fired but up, ready to as go. As I said, it's more than that, it's the uh, no, experience uh, uh, of him with uh, the team. It is, I, and I agree with what you're saying to an extent. I just don't know if, if putting him on from the start would be the best way to combat 
Rangers uh, and, and the way they like to play. I think McGuinness offers not in a finishing sense, but in a, a kind of athletic, athletic sense, mm. exactly. Offers a wee bit more that if they can kind of win that midfield battle, that that's key for me. Um, you've got likes of Mackay trying to get in behind for Rangers. Um, and you, basically, you need to keep him in front of you. If he's not able to make that 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 one week, and because he can do it, it's great. He turns inside, takes the ball, and it spins and goes. Um, if you can limit that, I think there's just specific areas that are identifiable in the Rangers team. That if you can limit those areas, you will have success. Um, and that's where I feel that maybe putting extra bodies in there could be more important than actually trying to get a goal because. In my opinion, anyway, and this is no respect to Kilmarnock, but I think they're going to if they're going to get a goal, it's going to come from a free kick, a set piece, uh, or a quick counter attack and move where Rangers are leaving themselves a bit exposed. I don't think it necessarily will come directly through an outstanding piece open play. They're capable of it, but I think it will be more through them having to pick their time and take the opportunity when it comes. I just think that it's more important for them to get a foothold in the game and to limit Rangers and actually go for the attack mm. I agree with you completely I think Kelly's best outlet tomorrow will come on the counter attack I saw them <coughs> playing at Celtic Park and it was a probably a similar performance to what they'll play like tomorrow they had Obadiah wide in the left that game he played absolutely excellently he's got real pace he can get him behind he gave uh, must have been Lustig a torrid time that match uh, Kilty came on as well in that game he he's just exactly what you're after as well. Josh McGuinness, he just get he just gets in the way, but he'll also run in behind. He'll hold the ball in. I think he's exactly what you want from a lone striker. I would play him before I played Boyd tomorrow. But Boyd's a good option off the bench if you're needing a goal in the second half. Yeah, no, no, very true. I mean, as I said, if we can put in anyone near the performance we did at Parkhead, I think we'll. I think you'll take something positive. Yep, definitely. Um, but I just the, the the main thing for me was I mean even at Parkhead with Mark Conley playing I don't think he'll be fit tomorrow, um, and it, the the main the main thing about Boyd that's say I maybe portrayed the point uh, not as well as I should have it's not about the goals it's about the leader and some day for the younger guys to look to in the park I mean if we're if we're you know if they're sitting at the edge of eighteen yard box and can't get out. Who they got to look to, man? You need somebody like Boyd there to gear everybody on and say, "Sorry, sorry, I'm there." You know what I mean, stuff like that. But that's the main reason I would play Boyd is the experience, and he's somebody for the he's a role model for the younger players on the pitch. If he doesn't play, there's nobody for the young players to to look to when uh, the backs go against the wall. Completely predictions from you, Matt. Starting with yourself. Um. Uh. I said that Rangers would be too strong. Um, I still think they'll go with a McGuinness kind of lineup. So if they go with that, I'm, I'm going to say one-one. <laughs> would you take a draw, Cal? <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> I think Rangers will win two-one tomorrow. I think Kelly will score, obviously, with the two-one prediction. Uh, but I, I think Rangers will be too strong in the end. And yeah, two-one. I think it'll be a good game, though. End-to-end game in the main. Rangers have most of the play, but Kelly always looking a threat in the counter-attack. I think uh, just I mean the important thing for for Rangers tomorrow is the expectation will be there because Kelly are struggling in the Premiership that we should go and we should try and make a show of it and 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 show and and take as many goals off them as as possible. The important thing for Rangers is we will have most of the ball as we do in the majority of our games. Um, if 
and I think this is where I don't think Kelly are good enough to stop our players like Mackay and Holt and Wycorn, especially if Wycorn's up for it. I don't think there's many defences, and I'm putting this out there in the country right now, that can stop Wycorn when he's up for it. Um, I think. If we do that, if we keep the ball, we keep we keep our composure. We're not silly with anything at the back, and that includes Danny Wilson sorting his distribution out because it's not been great recently. Um, if we're solid, we do what we've been doing. I think we'll win the game, um, and I think we will get a couple goals. Um, I'll go four-one Rangers. Callum Scott, how do you top that? Four-one Kelly. I wish. <laughs> I really do. I wish. Um, I'm just so nervous. I don't know what to expect. I was really looking forward to it, but you're not going to sleep well tonight, are you? Ah, uh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that'll be for other reasons. I don't know, though. But, <laughs> but um, I, th- I just, I think um, if everybody plays their maximum and you know we're up for it, we don't hide like we did the year before. I think that will go for us in terms of we're not expected to do much. I think if everybody's at their game, then we could we could well be going away, uh, booking a place into the quarterfinal. I think just to kind of come briefly in on that, I think I still don't think Kelly their best is good enough to beat us. I think it's going to take us. And to be fair, we can do it when we don't play at our best. Teams can take Morton did it at Ibrox. I think it's going to take that kind of not a poor performance, but that kind of. So so performance from Rangers for Kelly to get something tomorrow. I, really, I, really I was did. just really saying that because I couldn't put down my team there, <laughs> especially <laughs> especially when we run the bus with boys on it. Um, so that I'm not I'm not expecting much, but I think if everybody plays to their maximum, then I don't think Rangers are invincible. Connor Park shed some reality into this world. <laughs> I think there'll be there'll be plenty of fighting endeavour from Kilmarnock. I think you know. Look to frustrate while being dangerous on the attack. Um, I just not convinced that they've got enough um, up front to 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 get that difference. Um, I, th- I think I think more the opposite. To be honest, I think they look good going forward. It's the defence I'm worried about. For I think you McGinnis, Kilty, Slater, McKenzie. De- depends because I think in a, a normal Premiership game, there's there's far more opportunities for them. Do they have enough about them to to to, to combat and then go and, and really go? Um, I'm, I'm not convinced. I think it'll be very tight for me 1-0 Rangers with a goal in the last 10 minutes. Oh, the heartbreak, the heartbreak. I would rather get beat 4-1 than that, to be mm. honest. <laughs> I think it'll be close run. I just think, come on, it'll be a wee, wee lapse or it'll just become a wee bit mentally tired more so than physically. Um and Rangers will knock a goal in the last kind of closing stages of the match. It's one to look forward to, though. Anyway, I think it's. I mean, there's so many really good fixtures this weekend in the cup, and I think that is one of the top ones. Sunday's pretty interesting too, as well, though, guys. You've got the Edinburgh Derby at half twelve. Possibly the the most uh, most we've looked forward to an Edinburgh Derby in a wee while. It's certainly the I think the best. The both teams have been going into the derby in some time. Usually there's one team that's been hearts in the main for the last few years that have been the slightly better team. Even in the season when they had the 15-point deduction, they were the team that you always felt had the upper hand over Hibs. However, now just a wee bit of uh, doubt has been shed into by the, the way Hibs are playing at the moment and Hearts is the, the draws. Hearts are maybe suffering in the Premiership. I think this will be an absolutely fantastic game at Tynecastle on Sunday. Full house, the game sold out a couple of weeks ago and... 
Hibs are, are obviously off the back of a, a terrific win last week against St Johnson, booking their, their place in the final of the other trophy. Incidentally, they've been given 26,000 tickets, Ross County 7,000 for that final. That's the first allocations. But this game on Sunday, Connor Park, I'll start with you. Just what a brilliant game it looks like. I hope it doesn't disappoint. We'll say that. Absolutely. Uh, I don't think it will. Um, you're right. You know, we're used to having a, a team with an advantage. Relegation season for the two teams. Hart still had it. Last year they were flying in the league. They had it then. This is a, a, a big, big test for Hibs. It's a very interesting test, I think, because we know that the players that are in that squad individually are by far Premiership standard. But this is a game where they can they can show it um, and they can prove a point and they can put themselves um, in, a, in another advanced stage of a cup competition which I think is fantastic anyway they're in the League Cup final you know Hearts are a team that I think have um, areas like like all teams that can be exploited I think if Hibs set up properly and, and go about their business and again get that little bit of luck then they've got a chance um, Hearts will, will undoubtedly be favourites because they are the Premiership team and they are doing well themselves but I think we're very very close and it'll be a very attacking match opposite to the one we just spoke about in Kilmarnock and Rangers in terms of like, I think it'll be in 10 Kilmarnock and Rangers but I think this one will have a large amount of really really clear cut chances um, I think it'll be high scoring and I really th- I'm, I'm struggling to, to pick. I think the only thing that does swing it for me is the kind of home advantage, and I think Hearts might just do it on that. Um, but no, it's a fast, fascinating tie, um, and you know, I think it's just you look at the individuals in the two teams. That's They're what I was going. To, I'm just going to come on cracking uh, teams. Talk about the key battles in the games on Sunday. I mean, the big one for me, is, I think John McGinn out on the left side against Callum Patterson. I mean, that's just like that's two of the probably the informed it's, players it's, this country, uh, this season so far. It's terrific. It's great because we talk about McGinn in an attacking sense, we talk about Patterson in a defensive sense, and it's the two of them getting to to go head to head, and who comes out on top? Who knows? I think another great thing for me is they're both Scottish. Um, and that that doesn't come in a lot of things, but it's very very positive for me anyway to be able to, to see that sort of battle going out on the pitch. Um, both got fantastic attacks. Um, Defence, I suppose you could both say if there's any kind of weak area for the two of them, uh, it would slightly be defensively, particularly more so for Hibs in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and that's where I think there could be a, a few problems for them. But I think the the one thing that the Hibs have the advantage is I think they can score just as many goals as they lose, if not more. I think Hearts is a very, they've got a very very balanced team, um, so it would it would be up to everybody to be on their game. Where I think Hibs attack when we carry them in the same way that maybe Hearts have to be all round. They're a very rounded team, a very well structured team, one that's there's clearly a lot of thought going into it. Um, but that then needs to have everybody on their game. Hibs and Anthony Stokes can win the game single-handedly. Jason Cummins can win the game single-handedly. John McGinn can win the game single-handedly. That's the kind of balance that Hearts need to try and combat against. It'll be interesting to see, for me, as I say, just because of Premiership, just because they're at home, Hearts just share it. Score prediction? 2-1. Last goal that Hearts conceded. What team? Who's the last team to score against Hearts? Don't. 
It's Kilmarnock, yes, it's Kilmarnock. Josh McGuinness on the 2nd of January. Since then, kept a clean sheet against Aberdeen, Motherwell and Hamilton. That's the last three matches. Can Hibs breach that gap on Sunday, Matt? They've got Cummins up top. They've got McGuinness we touched on. They've got Fivey and Henderson, maybe Stokes as well. He'd love it's a an Edinburgh game. Goal. Um, I think I think they might do it, actually, if I'm honest. I think... And, uh, I don't know if it's got any effect to the fact that they played Ten Castle last week. It'll be a bit of a contrast, obviously, having the three stands to the one, but um, it'll be a terrific advert, I think, more than anything. I think those games, especially Ten Castle, you really get the best out of, of a Scottish atmosphere. Like, one of the games, if you're going to televise a game, you usually would televise it at um, Ten Castle. And because they've not played each other in a year, you know, it, it'll be it'll be tasty. I I think I think Hibs can do it, and I think they're going in as the form team. Really, um, bookies will probably just just shade Hearts, but I think no Hibs Hibs can do it, and I think they'll win two one. I think it'll be one all. One all seems to be quite a common score in Edinburgh Derby, and I just think that'll pretty much sum it <coughs> up. I think it'll be, I just think it'll be a really even game, a close game. I don't think you're saying Hearts eh, as a Premiership team. I think the bookies will have Hearts as slight favourites. I don't actually think there is a favourite at all for this game. I think it is, is absolutely dead on. Because uh, I just I think the teams are really really even. I know Hibs are playing in the league below. I know Hearts are at home as well. I just think it's very even. Uh, Hearts won the last sorry Hibs won the last meeting at uh, Easter Road. That was two 0 They won that one at the end of last season. I think this will be a draw though, and I think they'll go back to Easter Road, and I think Hibs will go through in the replay. Cal, I think. I think Hibs will win. Um, I think Hibs will go to Tynecastle and win. Um, purely based on the fact is what Connor was saying, that was a very good point. Now, in terms of they've got so many guys that can you know just turn it on and win it individually. Whereas Hearts, don't get me wrong, Hearts have got great quality within their squad. But you know, the, if they need to, you know, be playing together and as I say, they're a well-rounded team. I think Hibs are just. I've spoken them up quite a bit this season. You know what I mean? I've. To be fair, I haven't even seen them live. I've not had the pleasure of seeing them live yet. I've obviously I've watched them um, on the Sky Sports. Obviously, it's not the same as being at the game. I've yet, I've yet to see them in the flesh this season, but I just think they're an absolutely magnificent team. I know certain members of the um, panel disagree with it, but I think Hibs are a, a brilliant team. I really do find something to go to Tynecastle and win. I just I think they'll be well up for it, especially after last week. Callum, other Callum? Um, I agree that it'll be a tight game. I, uh, sorry, no, I, I agree that it'll be a close game. I don't agree that it'll be a tight game. I think it'll be sort of hell for leather stuff. Um, very sort of what, what Connor was saying. I think both teams will score. Um, but I just fancy Hearts being at home um, and, you know, being the, the in the league above. I just think they'll do it. I, I would say I think it's going to be a cracking game. I think it'll be something like 3 2 to Hearts, something like that. Let's hope so, anyway. Let's hope so. Loads of. Red cards and controversy and penalties. <laughs> Cups and of tea getting thrown at players again. <laughs> Liam Henderson. No, no, not really. But. I think it'll be an absolute cracker, though. That is 100% the tie of the round, and I can't wait to sit down on Sunday and watch that one. Pity, pity I didn't, he wasn't able to get a ticket, but they're obviously just so hard to come by. Uh, was there an argument? In fact, I'm not even going to level the Murrayfield argument, because I bet actually there's an argument should have moved it to Murrayfield. Not a chance. East Kilbride against Celtic, a game that certainly has been moved, moved to the Excelsior Stadium in Airdrie. How are ticket sales going with that one? Have we heard at all? Because they were looking at, I think, 5,500 East Kilbride and then 5,000 Celtic. Have we have we heard, Connor? You're usually the guy that keeps in touch with that kind of stuff. Have they, have they I, gone I well? I don't know the, the exact numbers at the moment. All I know is that East Kilbride were, were still selling tickets last night. They put another appeal yesterday. They were selling them at open late until 8 o'clock last night that's all I've really seen on it in recent days apart from obviously the original 
kind of release that came out, and people were surprised that they were going to have a larger crowd than, than Celtic there if they do sell out. Um, and why, I mean, why shouldn't it? It's, it's a home game, but it's a massive, massive day for everybody at the, at the club. It's the biggest game in the club's history, will be for a long, long time. Um, unless they advance further, I suppose. Um, but, you know... This is what these guys, you know, a lot of them have been in professional football at some point, um, or even in the academies of professional clubs and haven't quite made it. And this is uh, probably the only chance they're going to get to face, uh, well, Celtic, or a team like Celtic. Um, And I think it's just one that they have to enjoy, I'm sure they will. And very similarly, or even more so, to the Lithgow Rose, I think, they need Celtic to be... 60, 70, 80% and for them to be right right up there and a bit of luck as well um, but it's a great occasion It's not, I don't think it's a I look at the Lithgow Rose and, and I always think you know, they could do something, and maybe it's because I've not seen the Lithgow Pride live but for me I think this is just more about an occasion more so than the actual game itself, it's the <laughs> occasion for Lithgow Pride, a fantastic occasion a deserved occasion and you know We'll see what happens, but I think it's one that, as a neutral, we'll all enjoy watching. Um, and and it's, it's for them just to go out and enjoy their day. I've seen East Coast as well. I almost feel blessed because my two teams, my two wee junior and uh, lower league teams, Lithland, Lithgow Rose and East Coast are both still in the Scottish Cup in February somehow. And uh, they're both playing Premiership opposition this week. I think East Coast will lose pretty comfortably on Sunday God, I think is it Lewis Kemp was writing was it 8 or 9 Lewis Kemp he said money that on? Celtic and <coughs> we were having this conversation it was just me Lewis and Johnny um, he said that Celtic should be expecting to take I think it was 10 off if not 15 <laughs> not 15 <laughs> to, to which to which uh, Johnny replied in typical Johnny fashion as I'm sure we can all imagine but uh yeah, Lewis is expecting double figures. I think. I, th- I think they should be aiming for double figures, but I don't oh, think it'll be. <laughs> I think I, it'll be like nine, nine one Celtic. If really, I, I genuinely don't. I, th- I think it'll be four. I mean, right. Celt- if Celtic go up against Steny, who he's probably put out, what would you be putting the predictions at? Four or five, probably. Uh, that's yeah. what I, th- yeah. I think. That's a fair comparison then, because I, th- I genuinely, I know. People will say, oh, that was a one-off in the Cup. I don't think East Kilbride are that far behind Steny, that far. I genuinely don't. I think if East Kilbride are a better team than East Stirling, teams like that, I honestly believe that. If they were in League 2, I think they would be doing just fine. I don't think they'd be pushing up at all. I think they'd be kind of near the bottom of League 2, but I think they're as good as a League 2 team. I think Celtic will win 5-0 on Sunday. I don't even I doubt Celtic will play their first team. I think they'll play a, a few of the, the youngsters and uh, a few of the French players, I think maybe the likes of Logan Bailly will play in Nets. Uh, I mean, I know the development team went there earlier on in the season and pre-season and won pretty comfortably themselves, and that was the under-20s, so that maybe gives you a bit of an idea. But nothing other than a comprehensive Celtic victory is good enough. And com- by comprehensive, I mean three, four or more. See, even if Celtic win, say, one or two now, it's like... Does dial then is that the pressure ramped up on him even mm. more than if so? I mean, it's like Scotland against Liechtenstein, isn't it? It's that kind of comparison. Scotland winning two one and doing the round you've not round got Stephen McManus anymore. So. Stephen McManus round the pitch uh, salute after the game, unbelievable. I don't think you'll see anything like that on Sunday. If Celtic only win by one, I think they'll be getting off that park straight away. 
I don't think there'll be any Ronnie Roars of Celtic win on Sunday at Excelsior Stadium. As I say, I'll I'll go five 0 Matt, um, I, I think I'm not really sure. It's going to be. I think it'll still be about seven or eight. I think it's not even. Celtic don't even have a point to prove about their last two results. It doesn't make a difference. The last two results, in my opinion, They're, the only pressure on them is that they don't score more than three, probably. And um, regardless of what team goes out, um, it'll be a big game. I mean, they'll. Celtic will be used to the kind of size of pitch it is. East Kilbride won't, you know. I mean, the, <coughs> I mean, as we said, obviously some of them have been in the academies and so on, at previ- at bigger clubs and so on, but not quite made the grade. Very few of them will have even played at a stadium like this, if I'm honest. So, you know, again, though, so it's kind of similar to the uh, Linlithgow tie in a way about the fact that the occasion, as long as East Kilbride don't get, let the occasion get to them, they'll lap it up. It's almost like <coughs> where Gretna's run a few, well, good, ten years ago now, um, when ma- they made the cup final, it was that whole they they were there just taking one game at a time, and they were and I mean they put out some okay teams, you know, but no, I, th- I think Celtic will seven or eight regardless of what team they put out. You too. Um, I will go for six 0 Celtic, something like that. Four one. <laughs> Four one. Where are you getting that goal from? You are gagging for a lower league side to get through, aren't you? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so anything else to say about that one? I just hope it's a really good occasion. It's totally different to the Edinburgh Derby that will immediately precede it on Sunday. Totally different games from a really even game to a very one-sided game. I just hope... I don't know what I'd really even hope for because um, East Kilbride, I just hope they, they kind of, without sounding... Uh, like I'm really kind of talking about them as a, a tiny club and con- condescending, but I just hope that it goes well for East Kilbride. They get their good day out, they make loads of money, and I hope that they don't embarrass themselves either. Um, I don't think they will, but I hope I hope it isn't for the sake of a game. I hope it's not fifteen because <laughs> we'll never hear just the end of it. going crazy over it. Told you so. <laughs> verbal abuse to the East Kilbride mothers who have made their way for their first ever EK game in history. <laughs> he'll, he'll be abusing them with his, with his usual style. Sorry about that, Lewis. So, <laughs> quarterfinals. Who's going to be there? Just quickly, guys. Rangers, Kelly, Rangers. Just want to get a kind of overall view. I mean, I know we're pretty split. I think the majority of us said Rangers, yeah, didn't we? Well, I think there was one Kelly voice so we'll go Rangers then <laughs> Ann and Morton I think we fancied Morton so that's Rangers Morton Dundee well, to beat yeah. Dumbarton yeah. Dundee United Partick Dundee United Dundee United, Dundee United uh, seemed to be the winners there Motherwell Inverness was pretty even Ross County Hibs or Hearts pretty even and Celtic so I mean certainly lots of big clubs but there's certainly an opportunity there for the smaller clubs as well Connor Park who you would love to see if not Falkirk let it be a smaller club Absolutely, um, nah, I love, uh, I, lo- I love the Scottish Cup and what it does. I think maybe because I've been kind of blessed in my kind of fifteen years or so. I've never seen Falkirk win it. And what, <laughs> no, I've not. I've never seen Falkirk win it. But but um, in the kind of fifteen years, I've been to Hamden a number of times, basically once every two years. Um, so for a club or side, that's no. But the day out at Hamden, it's something you enjoy. It's something you want. A lot, a lot of supporters to experience and enjoy. Um, it'd be fantastic to see a club get there. I think it's interesting, though. You go through those games, um, and let's, you know, if everything goes as expected, we're going to be left with 
pretty much an all premiership last eight apart from from Morton really. Um which is disappointing disappointing in, in, in many ways. But Rangers as well. Aye. And you've got there's there's that side about I mean in terms of the, the club uh, size and, and stature then I think, you know, um Rangers are kinda of different in many ways to to compare them yeah. to Morton. Um so no, I, I love to see these teams get a chance, but equally though, for a part at Thistle and Motherwell, um, you, you, they've not been in recent years. They've not had the cup run. I know that part of Thistle are absolutely desperate for it, um, and they just seem to kind of fall flat on their face in, in the most bizarre games, you know. Um, so, no, there'll be there'll be teams in there that will enjoy their day out uh, if they get through. Um, or certainly not yet, but the quarterfinals. I mean, just even for some of these teams, the quarterfinals is massive. But that's another another side. You know, the Scottish Cup is great for the opportunities it gives. I just hope that come Monday evening, when the draw's been made for the the quarterfinals, that we do have a a, a smaller team in there, if you like. I think it would be fantastic. Um, but they're going to have a lot, a lot of work to do between now and then if they, if they want to achieve it. Certainly. Moving to the Premiership action and St Johnson and Aberdeen, who I would like to remind you, Matt, are both out of the Scottish Cup at the moment. That's hence the reason why they're playing in the the, the non-cup competition, the league, uh, this weekend there at McDermott Park. Aberdeen sold a good allocation, I think, so far. Two and a half thousand Mm -hmm. sold. Pay at the gate as well on Saturday, so you can hopefully get a few more Aberdeen fans in there if you're in, <coughs> sorry if you're interested uh, that should be a good one St Johnson are doing alright at the moment they've had a wee bit of a rut I suppose losing Michael O'Halloran will, will probably not help them either but they've brought in uh, a few good players as well and um, they'll be they'll be looking to bounce back from the defeats to Hibs and Celtic in recent weeks by beating Aberdeen who themselves can move joint with Celtic in the Premiership yeah it's, it's a good feeling again around uh, Pataudry certainly um, I'd just like to touch on obviously um, the game at Wednesday night, I was pretty nervous going into it, I thought that um, I'd, because of what had gone on the day before um, about obviously the, the whole Greg Tanzi situation and I was worried about had, had we really done any business in the transfer market, I mean Simon Church came in and as we all know uh, scored which proved to be the winner so I can't complain about uh, that but no Hey, terrific, terrific performance from Aberdeen on on Wednesday. Um, really gritty performance. I mean, it, it, pretty easy. I mean, if, if it's not often you would say that against Celtic, but Celtic just were yeah. speaking to likes of yourself, Hamish and Lewis Kemp, especially. He was very critical of of Celtic's performance. I was sitting with them watching it in the pub, and uh, obviously the first before Aberdeen scored, Aberdeen weren't really in it. They com- defended well, Celtic came forward, didn't create anything, like, Scott Brown had no saves to make throughout the entire game, apart from the goal, and, you know, it's, it was pretty crazy, to be honest, if I was, if I was honest, I, I felt that when it went 2-0, Aberdeen were very much in it, so, but, it would be typical Aberdeen to win a big game and then drop points on mm. the Saturday when they need to win, so, but, we did it the last time when we played Celtic, or when we beat Celtic in Pataudry in September, won that and everyone said well no you've got to go and beat Hamilton now and we won against Hamilton and it'll be a different kettle of fish I think we don't have a great record it's at McDermott Park um, last time we played St Johnston obviously they, they cuffed us 5-1 well sorry they, they beat us 5-1 earlier on the season so um, I don't think that'll really play, in, play into the fixture but um, no, it'll, be good to, it'll be good if we can get the win 
I'll interrupt you there, Matt, because Neil McCann's about to speak. Able to play despite requiring 18 stitches. Oh wow! Good creek. Where do we start with that one, boys? Where do we start? With Charlie Nicholas esque, isn't it? Dear Lord! Mm. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'll let him away with it. Minute of silence for Neil McCann. There, that's horrible. <laughs> but uh, I. Where, what were you talking about, Matt? Sorry, I just oh, had to get that one in there. Scottish, just Aberdeen going to win the league. I think now. Um, I think you looked at it as well. So on on, on Wednesday when. When the team was made, Aberdeen looked like they were really going to go for it, playing two up front, playing Rooney and New Sign Church. You know, um, Craig Story was for yeah. me the man of the match. He was absolutely terrific. He keep, keeps it simple, doesn't he? Yeah. He's really, he does what he's good he at. Does. He doesn't try and do. He doesn't try and be uh, Johnny Hayes and Alan again running mm. at players. He just keeps it simple. And for his age, yeah. what age is he? Nineteen. He's nineteen. He's terrific. only played three games for yeah. us before. Like he's Couldn't not even he was been in the team. And to go up against the Scotland captain as well, he he really. Did well. I mean, Scott Brown. He didn't exactly do anything in the game. Really, he didn't boss anyone. Craig Story more than matched him. So I think that it's actually possibly quite concerning for Scotland if if Scott Brown's getting bossed around maybe by an inexperienced well, well, young uh, uh, player. That, that, that maybe looking at things a wee. No, bit. no, I know. But I was just making the point that he, he that was our uh, was our captain and he, he he didn't get a foot in against Craig. Story, but um, I thought he was very rash. Who the, the story? Story. I thought he was very rash, and I think it, it played well. But I think it points <coughs> him maybe need a wee bit more composure. But I think that comes with obviously playing in such a high intensity game. You're a hard um, man to please, aren't you? <laughs> no, I mean <laughs> a 19 year old just gone in. In my opinion, bossed a game. A really good performance against the current champions, against a midfield of near beaton, probably probably the most well, the most talented player in Scotland in terms of uh, valuation and stuff like that, and the Scottish captain. And you're having a go. I'm not having a go. I'm just. I just think if we were to uh, constructively criticism and add and add points to his game, I just thought a couple of times I thought it was lucky that he didn't get uh, booked at other points in the match and stuff like that. I think just. But th- that's understandable. A young player, and it's a, as I say, a very high intense match that is going to get over excited. I just, I felt a couple of occasions, and it's only because I actually found myself physically saying it when I was watching the game. I did say, you know, I was surprised at certain points that he wasn't called up for certain things. But it, the, the boy did well. I think it was the right game to put somebody like that in because he's young and he's tenacious and he's fit and he's. Lively and, and you're hungry, and you're putting him in against a, a player in Scott Brown who's just come back from injury, uh, and isn't exactly uh, going on all guns and and may well um, be lacking in certain areas because of the amount of game time he's had recently. So it was a very wise decision, and I think the one that worked off. I'm, I don't think in any way. I just remember physically at the time thinking he got lucky a couple of times. I felt. Mm, I think he definitely got lucky though in the game. Uh, it was Colin Kazim Richards. I think Absolutely. I couldn't believe that he stayed on the park for that. The fact um, to me it appeared the referee looked blatant. Well, and he booked him. Aye. I mean, I was confused at what he actually booked him for. Um, I'd like to get your opinion, <laughs> Hamish, more than anything on well Celtic's performance and the actual Colin Kazim Richards performance. 
Saturday also sees a championship game <laughs> to Samaritan <laughs> and Queen of the South. Never no. asked the host a question. Uh, oh God, where'd I start? It was um, it was a, a, a disappointing night. I'll, uh, I'll say that. It was uh, a, just a poor performance. Didn't even leave. I was obviously up at Celtic Park, uh, but I didn't even leave the game, or not the game, but I didn't leave the stadium uh, feeling too disappointed and that's I don't know if I don't know if that's a, a a real indication of how much I've kind of fallen out with this team at the moment the way they're playing I didn't even feel I didn't even feel gutted I felt disappointed on Sunday at the cup game but that was more because going the cups you don't get a second chance I feel as if we will get another chance in the league still three points clear at the end of the day at the moment same amount of games played uh, it was just the, the nature of the defeat the the lack of fight but I'm not wasn't even shocked at that because you had the lack of fight there's a lack of fight at home to Motherwell. There's a lack of fight at home to even though we drew Kilmarnock. There was a lack of fight away in Mulder, away in Malmo. The last time we played in Petodre, as well as Wednesday night as well. It's just something we've come used to under Dialus teams. Dialus teams, apparent are they're they're quick, they're they're skillful. They can pass the ball, but they've got no backbone at all. They can't grind out results. It seems they can't uh, seem to defend leads this season anyway, especially in Europe and against slightly better teams. And uh, they're so fragile at the back. The defence, I thought Sviachenko did okay. But, I mean, Mikael Lustig's a player who is, in my opinion, on his day, still the best right back in the country. But this season, he's been nowhere near there. I don't know what's quite what's happened to him, if it's still his injuries. But he's been absolutely hopeless this season, especially in the last few months. Uh, the game to Hamden on Sunday caught out hopelessly for the, the penalty that changed the game, the red card for Ambrose Lustig just completely switched off and he seems to have got away scot-free for some reason Yeah, I agree with you there, I Terrible. said for the start it was yeah. Lustig and Ambrose was covering him kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think I mean, don't get me wrong, I think Celtic will still win the league and uh, Celtic are still probably the favourites to win the cup, if there's one team's going to win the cup you'd still have Celtic above everyone else to win it at the moment but I just I, just, I felt that something had to change after uh, Tuesday's game it's always it's difficult uh, I think Ronnie Dyler uh, is doing his best in terms of the, the budget that's been put upon him I don't think a lot of the players that have signed have been his men uh, I think that's probably changed in January signed a few of his own players I thought Kazim Richards looked okay on Wednesday no doubt he should have been off for that stamp that was that was completely terrible and it looks like he's got that side to his game which you'd think on his debut 20 minutes in he'd be looking to curtail that anger and not try and get himself sent off uh, as I say, I think Celtic will win the league. I think we'll stay with Ronnie Dyla for now, and uh, whether that's a good or a bad decision, I'll leave that to other people to make that decision at the moment. <laughs> that's put a bit of a downer on things. Thanks for no, that, no. Matt. That's uh, no, alright. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ab- Aberdeen. Aberdeen were excellent. I thought. I thought Church was brilliant up front, and. Adam Rooney, without doing a hell of a lot, unsettled the Celtic back four. I think Johnny Hayes mm-hmm. uh, is just, every time I see him, he's just a wonderful player. I mean, he's a kind of player, they talk about doing nothing in a game, which he did nothing at the start of the game and then scores a 30-yarder. And that's what, to me, what a good footballer is about, doing nothing and then opening the deadlock. And uh, he just offers so much, so much energy. As I said, I thought Story was good. I thought the Aberdeen back four, I'm not a fan of Ash Taylor, but I thought he had a really good game as well. And I thought even Scott Brown, the little he had to do, he did he did quite well. So Very composed, yeah. No, it's good to I see. thought his distribution was good as well. So, I mean, it's all looking up for Aberdeen and down for Celtic at the moment, but we know how quickly things can change. The Championship this weekend sees St Mirren at home to Queen of the South. St Mirren going for yet another home win <laughs> after last week's victory over Alwa. Do we think they can get it, Connor Park? 
think um, for me it'll be a draw in this one. Um, I think there's not a lot between these two teams in my opinion. Um, maybe St Mirren have slightly the better individuals, but they've shown this year that it's just not quite there. They've shown um, improvements in recent weeks, but for me, Queen of South are a team that will go there, will unsettle them a wee bit, um, will be strong defensively, and will always look dangerous in the attack. They've got kind of speedy players up, with Alex Harris in there, Ian Russell often plays, even Derek Lyle, you know, he's, a, he's older, but he still can unsettle defences. Um, and for me, they'll, they'll do okay, but it'll not be enough to get a win. Thank you for that. League One... <laughs> Airdrie Onions against Cowden Beath. Quickly, boys. Callum, Scott, give us a name. <coughs> Airdrie Onions. Albion Rovers against Breakin. Callum Fisher, give us a name. Breakin. Breakin? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> You've got a grin in your face that just suggests that you just completely just picked one team there with yeah. no no thought. No, Albion Rovers. Sorry. I'll, right. Matt, Air against Peterhead. Now, this is a big game, actually. This is a really good game. Johnny Clark, I know for a fact, is gutted. Gutted that he'll be with you, Callum, at Ibrox on Saturday. He, wanted to, he wants to be at Somerset Park for those two meetings. I so can film my bus without him. <laughs> <laughs> the, meeting of, uh, the meeting of the second and third teams in the league. I, I think I'm actually pretty gutted as well, to be honest. I think that'll be a really good game. And it's hard to look past Peterhead the way they're playing at the moment. Scoring goals for fun, scored more goals than Dunfermline, as we pointed out earlier on in the week. But I still fancy here. Um, I'm a bit torn on it, obviously, because Ayr's my local team down here, but Peterhead's actually the closest professional team to where I live at home, so um, I'd love to see Peterhead, though really, I think they've been phenomenal this year, I mean, you look at the results that they have had, and I still think they will beat Ayr, Ayr have to win it, so um, whereas Peterhead, I, I still think if they if they could win on Saturday, it would be a massive kind of wake up call probably to to air about where they really they are in a fight to kind of get into that final position mm-hmm. for the playoffs. So I'm hoping that Peterhead will do it, and I think they will. As I've said, I fancy air for that one. Four for Stranraer. Stranraer have got to be a good shout here, Connor. I mean, anyone anyone that plays four for should be a good shout, but Stranraer especially. Oh, well, I mean, they're on their own just now. It's a very very poor one. It needs to turn out at some point. Um, I mean, I wonder if Gary Bowen's got regrets. You know, leaving Erdionians for 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 it doesn't look good at the moment. But um, you certainly would expect Stranar. Even when the signings have made in January, the strength of Mel, Willie Gibson, all that coming in, I'd uh, expect them to win that one. Incredibly, they're ahead at Albion Rovers in the league now. Stranar after that win against them in midweek, yeah. which you would never have seen a month ago. They, they started off well. Obviously, last year we know they, they they did very well. They started off the season okay, took a dip and were down quite dangerous near the bottom and that was always thought with Brian Reid being in there he kind of had a decent enough reputation for himself but that could have went to tatters there but it appears he's turned it around and it just shows you one wee player added in a couple of loan signings that they've made from championship clubs it can make a difference and um, you know they're up there now in their own merit and you were off seeing Steny in midweek they face Dunfermline which is another enticing game it's a bit of a local derby-ish kind of thing you're looking at going to that one on Saturday. What are you expecting to see there? Um, I like going to these games. Plenty of you know fight and passion always at that sort of level. Whether the football will be the prettiest is another thing. Um, you know, I, I, I'm interested to see them family. I've not seen them live this year. Um, and obviously there's a lot made about them and the way they play. But 
going there on that surface, artificial pitch, tight ground, um, and there'll be a big crowd in, in local view for that because you see local derby, Sensemuir fans, they, they don't do too too badly anyway, considering the size of the, the town that they're in. Um, and also Dunfermline travel in big, big numbers because you see it's a local derby, essentially for them. Obviously, the big ones for them are Wraith and, and Falkirk, but it's the next best thing, I suppose, in many ways this weekend, and you know, I'm very much looking forward to it. League 2, four games as I said earlier on we have Arbroath against Stirling Albion, Berwick Rangers against East Stirling else do we have Montrose against East Fife and Queen's Park against Elgin, East Stirling bottom of the league going away to ninth in the league, a bit of a 6 pointer there at the bottom corner, we never really talk about the, the bottom of League 2 at all, we, we, I don't think we ever have talked about the bottom of the League 2 but that's uh, that is definitely the, the two bottom teams there. I mean, six points separates ninth and eighth. Berwick and Montrose. But, uh, Berwick do have two games in hand, but uh, they're unlikely to win those being at the bottom of the league. That's a big one on Saturday. As I was actually offered to go along to that, um, and I was very, very tempted <coughs> to go down because obviously when you look at the the league position, uh, but a great game, but it's just the, the distance of myself obviously with sense you know, being two minutes away and the game that's going on there was just a wee bit handier. But... Um, you know, I know people that are going down that game. It's a massive game for East Stirling, um, and it'll it'll be interesting because it's, it's one of the ones stereotypically you can see ending a draw. But in the shape of the season, this could be a very big defining moment. Um, I think you have to consider for both Berwick and East Stirling. If one of them was to win those playoffs uh, against a Lowland or Highland League team, and they were to go down, I don't think you would see them back. And this is the thing that these kind of playoffs do. They they create a suspense now that clubs aren't just playing for their league position; they're playing for their future. Um, and it's very very tough for a, I would imagine anyway for a club to drop down and be able to come back up. So um, a massive massive match in the shape of the season. It'll be very interesting to see who comes out on top. I think you know Berwick. It's kind of catastrophic for them the fall. They did very well last season under Colin Cameron when he came in. Uh, it started off this season not too badly, and then they fell away. Um, I actually felt when they, they sacked him, it was a wee bit too hasty at the time. They've got an experienced league two manager in there now in John Coughlin, but um, it could be one that comes back to bite in many ways because you've got somebody like Colin Cameron who's got experience further up uh, and wasn't doing too badly, but they obviously felt they had to act and they have, so they need to hope for themselves that it proves to be right in the end but not a fascinating match a very very important match um, and with that we'll see what happens but it's certainly one I'll be watching with interest coming in East Fife are away to Montrose now looking at paper on this game you've got East Fife in second place away to eighth place Montrose you'd have pretty much an East Fife down as a banker however if Montrose win this game they move just seven points behind East Fife and they have a game in hand so it could, it could effectively be four points within a couple of games between those two teams. And that's between second in the league and eighth in the league. It's just incredible how close this, this league is. You've got, I mean, a tiny, tiny gap really in comparison with uh, you look at the likes of fourth place Annan and then you've got Clyde on 30, Arbroath 30, Stirling Albion 28 and Montrose 27. It's just going to make for such an exciting league this game. You've also got the added thing you don't really get in the, the upper leagues where you've got so many teams with different games in hand because there's already been so many games called off for bad weather, for cup uh, engagement, stuff like that. So, I mean, it's an enticing league, certainly. And the big game, no doubt, this week, Queen's Park at home to Elgin. Queen's Park third in the league, 34 points. Elgin are flying the flag for... 
the North boys up at the top of the league. Um, they have 39 points, played one more game than Queen's Park. Do you think a, a win for Elgin there rules Queen's Park out of the title, Matt? Uh, yes, I, I would say so. Um, Elgin don't have a great record on their travels, though, but um, um, I think that Elgin will be too much to, to handle. Um, they're, they're a good side. They are they are playing well, and they've got a point to prove, I think, this season, because they've been stuck in the third division, well, League 2 for years. So like, And there's been times where they, they're lucky that there's not been a, a, a division below to to kind of knock them into playoffs before so um, they've pa- patiently waited their game but I think that they will end up going up this year um, and I hope they do as well um, so yeah I think they'll win so on, on Saturday knock and knock Queen's away Am I not right in saying though that judging by what it says at league table if Queen's Park were to win it almost swings the title in their favour? Well, if Queen's Park win, they'll be on to 37 points, two behind Elgin and have mm. a game in hand. Mm. East Fife are obviously kicking about, as are Annan and Clyde. Annan and Clyde meant to be playing this week. Of course, that's been postponed due to Annan's game against Morton we were talking about earlier. So it certainly is. It's quite a tough one to analyse League 2. It's really interesting at the moment. Um, and I'm sure it'll continue that way with this, this weekend's games. Uh, a question in from Mark J. Wallace. Should Partick Thistle be looking towards challenging for a top six place towards the end of the season? Callum Scott. <coughs> um, I don't see why they shouldn't be <coughs> aiming there. I think, not to be to be boring or anything, but I think their priorities still have to be to avoid the relegation playoff spot. Um but I don't see why they shouldn't be challenging there. I mean, they've already proved earlier on the season that they're well capable of putting a string of results together. And, um, yeah, nothing wrong with a bit of ambition uh, from them. But yeah. I think, like I said, it'll be another successful season for Thistle if they stay in the league. Terrific. Which Thank- I think they will, by the way. Sorry, sorry. Perfect. Thank you very much, guys, for your time today. We've had Callum Scott, we've had Matt Finley, we've had Callum Fisher, and we've had Connor Park joining me, Hamish Carton, to look ahead to this weekend's predominantly Scottish Cup based weekend. However, we do have those league games that we were touching on there. I think it just promises to be a wonderful weekend. Just, I'm genuinely really looking forward to. I'm looking forward to Ibrox tomorrow. I'm looking forward to the Edinburgh Derby on Saturday. I'm looking forward to East Kilbride against Celtic on Sunday as well Aberdeen away to St Johnston should be lively as well you've got the how will um, Lynlithgow Rose get on at Ross County Connor's nodding away there's so many will St Mirren win at home again who knows nah it's brilliant <laughs> looking forward to it guys hope you are too and we will be back on Monday reviewing the weekend's action a weekend that may see some stories I'm sure we'll have a few headlines on Monday anyway Thank you very much for listening. In the meantime, you can get us on Twitter and let us know what you thought of this podcast. You can tweet us at Burstball Podcast. You can get us on Facebook. It's the Burstball Scottish Football Podcast. And you can get us on our website. Lots of good articles going up in the last day or so. A few ones if you're a Morton fan, if you're a fan of SPFL TV rights, or if you are a Hibs fan. There's loads of Hibs stuff up there. No Falkirk stuff, thankfully. But Connor Park will maybe change that by the time you're on firstballpodcast.net give that a look and um, yeah enjoy it we will see you on Monday to look back at the weekend's action thank you again have a good weekend and remember to get yourself out to a game